This will be transformation part three. Last week, we covered part two. And I believe this is important. Transformation is important because to, for us to understand, because there are things that happening in our life and will be happening. And it's good to understand what is happening. And I pray that today that you get the understanding you need so that you can make sense of some of the challenges that you go through in your walk with Christ. So this week, as I said, I'll continue with transformation. And as I said, when you become born again by believing in Jesus, there's a change of heart and the spirit is renewed or reborn. But the way we think doesn't really change. It has not really changed. So our knowledge and how we process thoughts have not changed. Our thinking is that like that of the world. So how do we get from thinking like the world to be to thinking like God? How does that happen? How does this transformation take place so that we can become a living sacrifice? Because that is what the scripture refers to in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves your living sacrifice. Your body is a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or your rational service. And then it says, verse 2, and be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That is what the scripture says. So first, what happens? How does this transformation take place? First, the Lord has to get our attention. That's why we are on this line. There was once a time when we were, you could never get us really paying attention to the things of God. That was like, you know, we talked about God. We, oh yeah, we know God. We love God. But that was never on the forefront of our minds. But Lord, something happened in our lives, in our lives that God now has our attention. So that's the first thing he would do. He would get your attention. You remember Apostle Paul, Saul, on his way to Damascus to find Christians to arrest them, Jesus stepped in and got his attention. And Apostle and Saul was not the same after that. First, he, he had to get his attention, and he did. And that's the same thing with us. God finds a way to step into our lives and get our attention. So the Lord is always patient and doesn't want any to perish but all to repent. That's in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. God is always calling people. He's always trying to get people's attention, but not everyone responds. Now, the first scripture I'd like, like us to turn to is Galatians chapter 3, verse, and I'll read from verse 26 through 29, and then I'll move into Galatians, straight into Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. So I'm setting up where I want to go, and hopefully you, you would have an understanding of what, what is happening in your lives. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I'm going to try and I'm going to set up where I'm going. And God willing, the Holy Spirit will reveal and you will see what it is I'm, um, you need to learn. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. The scripture reading goes like this. It says, for you, speaking to the saints, are all sons of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. 
for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You see? So that whether you're a Jew or non-Jew is irrelevant. Whether you are free or slave, as it turned used back then, but that slave or free, well, really doesn't apply, but actually there are slaves and they are free people, but we're not going to go into that. Male or female, gender doesn't matter. As I said, he's talking about sons, spiritual sons. So male or female is irrelevant. When you're in Christ, gender doesn't matter. So as he said, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That is awesome. If you are in Christ, therefore you are what? An heir. Oh my God, that is awesome. And you are Abraham's seed. Heirs according to the promise. This is not the focal point of this message to go back, go back and explain that. But if you are Christ, just hear that you are an Abraham seed. It's talking about the spiritual seed. And heirs according to the promise. When it says heir means what? You have an inheritance. That's what, get that in your head. An heir has an inheritance. So we are justified, declared righteous by faith in Christ Jesus. And we are one. That's what we just read there. We are also a spiritual seed of Abraham and heirs according to a promise. We are sons of God, like Jesus is the son of God. So we are sons of God. That's why Jesus calls us what? Brethren. Because we are sons of God. As he is a son of God, we are also sons of God. Oh my God. Glory to God. I mean, that is exciting. And what did we have to do to deserve it? Nothing. Just believe on the name of Christ. And we are automatically adopted as in the sonship of God and become sons of God. And joint heirs with Christ himself. So as an heir of God, we have an inheritance, just like Jesus has an inheritance. But he is the head. He's the head of the church. He's the king of the kingdom. And we are inheritors of that kingdom. Glory to God. So with that, becoming an heir says what? That we are legitimate sons or children of God. Because we are in Christ. All we had to do was believe on the name of Christ. And we became heirs, sons of God. Legitimate, not illegitimate. Illegitimate sons have no rights. Illegitimate sons are not heirs, but legitimate sons. They have rights and privileges. They are heirs of what their father has in store for them. They are heirs. So we are joint heirs with Christ. So, I mean, that is something that we got to get in our head and get in our heart. Know that we are heirs and that we have an inheritance. Now, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2 states, now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. I'm just going to read these two scriptures because there's something I want to show you that connects to what we just read in Galatians chapter 3. It says an heir, so we know we are an heir, we are heirs, 
as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave or a servant. Though he's master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. So there's just one couple of things I want to point out there. So it says here, we are heirs, as we just established in Galatians chapter 3. And many of us don't even know we are heirs. I'm sure some of you on this line, yeah, you know you love Jesus, you got born again, but did you know you're an heir? You see, many saints don't even know they're an heir to something. And we don't even, and if you even know that you're an heir, do you even know what that means? What you're an heir to? What are your, what are your rights? What are your privileges as a son, as an heir? What are your rights? Many of us don't even know that. We have an inheritance, and we are heirs to a kingdom. How oh, I know that? Because the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So I know the kingdom of God is our inheritance. But if you're in Christ, you have a, the kingdom of God is already in you. Now we have to learn how to access the kingdom, how to access our rights, because we have rights to the benefits of the kingdom of God. So we are inheritors of something, a kingdom. But then, we, some of us don't even know that, but some of us do know that. But we don't even know what, that, what does that mean. We don't know anything about this kingdom. And we are sons of, of a father, or to a father, we don't even know. Yes, I love God. Yes, I love Jesus. But we really don't know his character. We don't know his heart. We don't know his mind. Because we are still thinking like the world. But as we are transformed, as we become renewed in our thinking through study of the word, through meditation and revelation by the Spirit, we get to know him. We get to know his character. We get to know what the kingdom of kingdom is. And when we get to know him, we get to know who we are. And what we have authority for. And what we can do and cannot do. But the more and more you get to know him, the more and more the transformation takes place in your heart, and your mind, the more excited our life is in Christ. As I said, when you become born again, there's a change of heart. Our spirit is renewed, but the way we think has not really changed. So our thinking is still like the world. And another way I can say it is we are still thinking like slaves, although we are heirs. The Bible says in Romans in Galatians chapter 3, we are heirs. And in chapter 4, we are heirs. But it says here, we are heirs. They say, know that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Heir, even though he has the mentality of a child, act like a slave. Because he doesn't know he's an heir. He cannot compute what it means to be an heir. So he's Thinking is like that of a slave or a servant. The Bible says when you are thinking the thoughts of the world, when you're going after the things of the world, you are slave to the world. You're slave to its philosophies. You're slave to the, to the way it it's processes information and the way it thinks. Even though we are heirs, if you do not know what that means, being an heir to God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, if you're still thinking the thoughts of the world and processing like the world, you are acting like a slave. That's what it's saying here. 
Do you think a child who is an heir knows that he is he or she is an heir or what that entails? Do they behave any different than a servant, even though positionally they are superior to a servant? Are their thoughts or ruling governing on the responsibilities of their domain? Are they even processing? Do they even understand how they ought to rule, how they ought to govern, or what their responsibilities are for their domain? No, they don't, because they have the mentality of a child. They cannot process that. So we who are in Christ, who are heirs, if you don't, if you're still thinking like the world, that's why he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you have to prove something. But the only way you can prove it is that your, your thinking has to line up with that of Christ and with the Father. So you can act and walk in your inheritance, in your rights, in your authority as a believer in Jesus Christ. But if you're thinking like the world, you're acting like a slave. Even though you have authority over it, you, don't have, you can't exercise that authority because your thinking hasn't lined up with who you really are. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. So a child, what does a child do? A child thinks on childish things. Their thoughts are selfish. They have no sense of responsibility. They know nothing of what their responsibilities are. Nor do they even care. A child just care about what's in it for me. They lust after things. They're selfish and self-centered. And sometimes we think it's cute. The little babe, the little child, you know, the toddler. No, no. You know, they're selfish. They want their own way. And sometimes we think it's cute until they turn teenagers and then it's not cute anymore. But that's when we have the mentality of the world. When we're still thinking like the world, we're still like we're thinking like children who are very selfish and self-centered. We don't understand what it means to be an heir. And why does a child think the thoughts of the world? Because that's all it knows. Before we became born again, we grew. We were born into this world. We processed things with our five senses. That's all we knew. We went on a spiritual plane with God. We won't have no time for God. We just did things through our senses. That's all we knew. So, obviously, we got born again. Our hearts changed. Our spirits renewed. But our souls still thinking like the world, which is understandable. Even though we are snatched from darkness into light, there is a change that takes place internally. But our soul needs to catch up with, with everything else that's happened. So, when people are born again, when people are in, are come into the kingdom... We have to understand that. We cannot be judgmental because they don't know any better. It's up to us now who are in Christ and who are more seasoned in the word and mature in the word to be the examples and guide them in how they should walk, how should they should think, how they should process information. That is what we ought to be doing. Not be judgmental, but the change has to take place from the inside out. Similarly, a child cannot grasp the weight of what it means to be an heir. So we get born again, and I'm talking about the kingdom of God, and we are heirs and, and all this stuff. It's like, tilt, what does all that mean? That's above my head. So a child cannot process this, 
But as you go, as you keep studying, as you keep pressing in and getting to know the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your understanding of who you are in Christ. And as you get that understanding and walk in it, your mind will be is being renewed. So we don't really understand God's authority and therefore our authority. And because we don't understand God's authority, it's hard to trust him. It's hard to walk by faith when you don't know what God's going to do from time to time. But as you get to know him, as you get to know him, it's easier for you to, for, to trust him. It's easier to trust him. We don't know our birthright and authority. And because we don't know, and we're still thinking like the world and processing thoughts like the world, we can still be manipulated by the enemy. But listen to this. We were saved from that same enemy. We were brought from darkness into light when we became born again. The despots and the demonic spirits and the world had power over us because we didn't know any better. But now we have been moved from darkness into light when we accepted Christ. And now we're in a kingdom that has authority over darkness. But because we don't know who we are, we don't know our rights, we don't know who our authority, we can still be manipulated by the forces, by the forces of darkness. Why? Because we don't know any better. Okay? So once you're saved, we can, the darkness can still influence our thinking because of our ignorance. And when I use the term ignorance, understand nobody's stupid. Ignorance just means you don't know. You cannot act on what you don't know. Because we still have the mentality of a child and we still act as a child or a slave to the things of the world. However, for an heir to properly manage an inheritance, that person will have to be schooled and tutored. The way they think will have to change. Let me give you an example. Everybody knows Prince Harry and Prince William, right? When they were born, they were born into royalty. Do you think they knew that? No, they didn't know that. They just were kids. They were born, they, they were little children, and they were playing. They were selfish. They were, they were just about having, being themselves and being little kids and being selfish. And whatever, just, just being like other children. They were acting just like the mere child. But over time, they were schooled and tutored about what it is to be a royal. What it is to be an heir. So when they were children, they were acting just like everybody else. But they were schooled and tutored. So as they mature in age and mentality, they may start to understand what it is to be an heir, how to rule. So their thinking now has to match up with their position. They are princes to a queen, to a, their grandmother is a queen, and their father is in line for the throne. So their thinking now had to match up with their position. They're no longer children. They were schooled and tutored so their mentality can catch up to where they are positionally. The same thing with us in Christ. We are schooled and tutored, and I'm going to talk about how that happens, 
so that we now, our mentality can catch up with where we are positionally in Christ. In Christ, we are seated at the right hand of God on the throne of grace. That's where we are positionally in the spirit. And everything under Christ's feet is under his feet. He has dominion over everything under his feet. So if we are in Christ and everything under his feet, he has dominion over. Guess what? We have dominion everything that's under Christ's feet. The only thing that's superior to us is Christ himself and the Father. So the despot and all those who come against the things of God, they do not have authority over us. The only way they have power over us is because we don't know. And we don't walk in our rights and privilege, privileges as heirs and sons of God. But I hope through this series that will change the way you think. And we won't walk this, this world as mere men and women anymore, but as heirs and sons of God. That's something to be excited about. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the way we think has to change. So we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's not only being one. It's also how we walk and take authority over the things in this world that can take us captive. Our power over the sin. Our power over demonic spirits and forces. The power we have when we pray to change things in the spirit and it manifests in the natural. This is some of the authority we have as sons of God, as children of the light. But if you don't know it, you can't walk in that. So it takes a renewed thinking. So this is what we are like when we are not transformed. We walk below our rights and privileges as heirs of God and, and sons of God. We think and act like the world. We act like slaves to the things of the world, although we are heirs and have dominion of, over the world and spiritual forces. So, with that said, let me just tell you how to start, and I'll continue this next week, how the Lord starts to change, shift our thinking and transform us. First thing, the Lord will systematically tear down our dependence on the things of the world so that our focus and our dependency will be on him he will assist he won't do it all at once systematically he's going to tear down our dependence on the things of the world so that our focus and dependency will be on him this is a painful process i don't care what anybody says this is a painful process but necessary. If we are to be transformed into the image of Christ, we have to be weaned off the things of the world. It is painful because the world is all we knew. It's all we know. And that has shaped our thinking. That has helped shape the people we have become to this day. But the Lord will allow us to go through some hardships. He would allow it, not because he hates us, because we need to be, we need to be schooled. We need to be, our, the mind of a slave that has to be changed. We have to, he has to pro, get us to a point where we are tutored and schooled so we start thinking and acting like him 
like heirs, sons of God. So it's not easy. He'll, ha- he'll allow us to go through hardship. Not because he hates us, because he loves us. And I call that sometimes, I call that the wilderness experience. Sometimes we feel like we're alone. We're in a place where, Lord, what is happening in my life? Why is everything turned upside down? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Well, there's a reason for it. He's not, he hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He's just taking you through a process to wean you off the things of the world so that your trust and your focus will be on him and him only. Listen, I'm not telling you anything I haven't gone through. It's painful. Why? Because I know it's painful. I've been through it. And I'm still going through stuff right now. So understand, this is necessary so that we can be transformed into the image of Christ. There are times when the things we relied on and trusted in start to unravel. I'm sure that's happened in some people's life, and you might be going through it right now, where like everything you used to trust in has started just coming apart. Yes, the Lord will allow these things to happen. Your world feels like it's just coming apart. It's unraveling. We make our plans. We make our ways. Way, we rely on our own strength, our skill, our education, our contacts, etc. There are a lot of things that the world says we need to do. But then we get to a place in God when God says, none of that is going to help you. Because you're relying on it, I'm going to cut that off so that you have to trust me. You have to get to know me. Glory to God. We can no longer depend on these things, on these crutches. And we have to really turn to him, seek him and trust him. This is when we really face our own insecurities. Realize our shortcomings and understand that we are not in total control of our lives. But we have to know him and trust him. Yes, that's the nature of man to be on top of everything, have our I's dotted, our T's crossed, in control of our lives. But guess what? We God allows mishaps, He allows things to happen to show us that we do not have control of our own lives. We are not in total control. And we have to seek him, release it, and allow him to work. Allow him to prove himself. Allow him to manifest his glory through our lives as we trust him. When we are willing to relinquish, when we are willing to trust him, this is showing that we are being transformed because we are willing to trust him with our very life. Yes, we are learning to walk by faith and not by sight. So this is when everything is falling, seems like it's falling apart. It's not really falling apart. God is shifting us, shifting our lives, shifting us into a trajectory that we need to go so that our minds can be renewed, so that we, be, we can become mature sons of God and walk in his ways, walk in the light, get to know him, so that we know who we are and we know how to rule and reign with Christ Jesus. So I'm going to stop there today. And we'll talk more about transformation next week. So I hope and pray that you receive something today. In Jesus' name.